What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 179, fun show planned for you today. Of course, of course, NBA Finals update. Could not could not do that to Ben and not bring up his Celtics, <laughs> his Celtics uh, in the NBA Finals. Uh, and then some NFL news and notes. The Rams went on a crazy spending spree. Um not a shocking statement from Devontae Adams on why he departed from Green Bay, or requested a trade, I should say. And then a little bit more of what we had uh, last week with the, uh, I don't know, the bold predictions. These are, uh, instead of predictions, these are more of like looming questions for all 32 teams. Some are really quick, some are a little bit more in-depth. Uh, it'll be a fun a fun exercise for Ben and I to go through and discuss some of the, the bigger questions heading into the season. But we're going to start first with the NBA, and uh, a pretty good series so far. So far, your your guess of seven games is seeming more and more realistic by the day. Yeah, uh, you know, and 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 you know this, Chris. Your perspective kind of changes game in and game out. And when the Celtics went up two one, you're like, ooh, ooh, they could go up three one going to Golden State, and really put the the screws to Golden State. And I'm, I, I was going to be happy with the 1-1 split. And, you know, when the Celtics won game one, I'm like, ooh, they could sweep the, they could sweep in Golden State and go home up 2-0. That didn't happen. They could have went 3-1 going back to Golden State. That didn't happen. So, as you know, with the ebbs and flows of a series, the highs, lows, um, in, in, in all reality, when I step back, you know, 9,000 feet view, it's kind of where I expected this to be. You know, each team split um, in the arena, in each arenas. You know, the games that Golden State won, Steph Curry just – Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, the guy went seven for 14 from three. Folks – Average is about 30 to 35% shooting from the three-point line. That's your average. Obviously, above average is probably closer to 40%. This guy went 50% from the three-point line. And his shots are – Chris, I'm sure you've seen Steph Curry shoot. His shots are in spots where people shouldn't be shooting threes. Yeah. Or, or they got <laughs> – he's always got someone in his face, but he's just – it's so deadly. He's special. Uh, he is. He is. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, pure shooter uh, in the NBA in the NBA history. Oh, wow. um, that's 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 a, I, that's. I know. I'm not disputing it. I don't. I don't know enough. I'm not disputing that. But that, that's that's quite a lofty, uh, lofty claim. I'm talking about shooter, Chris. Pure shooter. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Him and Ray Allen. They're. Yep. Right there. Uh, um. Now the last game they want they lost by ten. The Celtics did. It was a little closer than that. You had an end of the game where they're fouling to try to keep, you know, themselves alive. So it was really a little closer than you thought you would think, but that's kind of where it's happened. It's it's Steph Curry kind of went off and, and that's kind of what happened in game two. He kind of went off and put them, put the golden state in a position to really put the Celtics out of commission for an whole quarter. Uh, it wasn't this case in game four, but as the game dwindled on, it, it just it just came 
to be too daunting of a task for the Celtics to really just compete with uh, Steph's ability to shoot and shoot for threes. Um, there is a bright spot, Chris, if you're a Celtics fan. Okay. Number one, in this postseason, they have a better record on the road than at home. There's a it's it's now down to a best of three. Two of the games are at um, the Warriors Arena, so that's one plus. The second plus, the 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 Celtics haven't lost two games in a row in this postseason. They haven't. So, game five looks really good for the Celtics to win, and the odds are in the favor of the Celtics to take two out of three. However, it's the Golden State Warriors. They can shoot the lights out. They are better pure shooters than the Celtics. I will say the Celtics have a better team overall and more talent that can score up and down the, the roster. You know, Steph has a off night. And when I mean off night, we're talking. He only hits four <laughs> three-pointers and scores 30. <laughs> right. That's yeah. about where I was yeah. going to go at. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if he had that last game, the Celtics went easy going yeah. away. So, um, it's – it's and, and it's not like they're playing terrible defense on the guy. It's just Steph's that good. He is that good. So, I mean, with, with the Celtics' level of defense, essentially Steph Curry has to do something they're going to be talking about for the next – the next 20 years. Right. Continue – I mean, continue to shoot 50% from the three-point line and then just score – against seemingly double coverage, if not more, in order for this to be like a blowout or a thing where the Celtics don't have a chance. Because when I've seen, I mean, the score, it hasn't been any like two-point games, but you know, the Celtics had that hell of a fourth quarter in game one, which talked about that last week. And they got, you know, spanked a little bit in game two, came back and looked great in game three, and then Steph Curry really showed out in game four. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's not like, it's not like when the Celtics win, they just get lucky. So on top of the the, the road record, uh, I think if you're a fan of either team, you have to feel like you have a legitimate chance. I don't think either team can say, or either fan base could say, yeah, your team has absolutely no shot at this. I could see either one of these teams raising the trophy in the next two games or more. All right. I'll put this in perspective, Chris. I have I have two stats for you, or two two kind of records for you. Okay. To kind of really stack up at what kind of game he had and what kind of game he needs to put on each and every night for them to win. So Steph's Steph's stat line was 43 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, seven three-pointers. Okay. He joins Jerry West and Magic Johnson as the only point guards to record 40 <sighs> points and 10 rebounds. Okay. That's that's, uh, one, that's one that's that's one stat. Here's the other one, Chris. Players with 40 points, 10 rebounds, and three and five three made po- uh, three pointers in a finals game. Stephen Curry, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. I mean, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. LeBron's obviously a Hall of Famer. Durant. I mean, I hear. I don't. I know he's a hell of a player. I don't know. I mean, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Also. Oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, I haven't really followed his career that much. I usually see the off the court stuff more than the on the court stuff. Obviously, LeBron's LeBron, but even being the same stratosphere as Magic Johnson and Jerry West, I mean Jerry West is 
the NBA logo for for, right. for for God's sake. And Magic Johnson is, I mean, one of the greatest of all time, without question. Those four guys to be in a conversation with them is in and of itself impressive. Uh, but I mean, this guy, I mean, he's made a career at doing things, impressive things, and proving people wrong. So I mean, he was never supposed to be as good as he is. Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, here we are. So he he also got injured in game three, so he's played part of game three and all of game four with a some sort of ankle injury. Not serious, but he's yeah, because he and, needs and, he needs more ammo for his legacy, right? Right, right. So uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. Uh, game game five being tomorrow night. Uh, I know game seven is slated to be. Three weeks from now, uh, no. seemingly uh, actually, the way the schedule is going. <laughs> it's actually it'll be uh we'll be we'll be recording if uh, game seven goes. Oh, on. I feel like we may not be recording if game seven goes. Maybe afterwards or Monday night. Um, and then I think game uh, six is uh, Wednesday. Okay. Or Thursday. Pretty sure it's Thursday. Um, because they're traveling, they're going back to Boston. Game six is a necessary is is a necessary at this point. Game seven, that's up in the air. Yeah, game six is Thursday. It's the 16th, yes. So, to finish this off, Chris, and, and as, then we can move on. I think the Celtics are going to win, but this is this is going seven. I'm still going to stand by seven. Yeah. Uh, but I think the Celtics are going to pull this off just because they have a better record on the road. They haven't lost two games in a row. Tatum's playing like a true playmaker although his shooting percentage is terrible um Jalen Brown's elevated his game and and just to put a you know kind of a cherry on top Al Horford this is his first finals appearance he's 37 years old he's in the last year of his contract he's not the player he used to be you could see this as his kind of swan song Mm -hmm. Send him off into the sunset. I think that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, we shall see. And either we will have a very happy or disappointed Ben next Sunday, or we'll be recording, I assume, Monday, because Ben will be watching Game 7 Sunday night. So uh, we'll, we, will, we, will, we will see what happens. Uh, okay. Uh, let's get into some NFL news. Um, this past week, the Rams, uh, no stranger this offseason, is shelling out big bucks. Uh, give extensions to two more of their key players. Uh, Aaron Donald got a three-year, $95 million fully guaranteed contract to become the highest paid per annual average uh, non-quarterback in the league. Cooper Cup, uh, damn near set multiple receiving records last season. I mean, did set some, but almost set many of the big ones last season. Uh, signed a three-year, $80 million contract with $75 million guaranteed. And this is the same team, mind you, that gave Matthew Stafford, I think about four minutes after the Super Bowl ended, a four-year contract extension worth $160 million with $135 guaranteed. Um, I mean, I don't look at this the same way as I did, like, the Chiefs signing Mahomes to, like, a franchise-altering deal for the next decade. I don't fault the Chiefs for that either. We said that before. What else were they going to do? Their issue was they were determined to give him the biggest contract in North American sports history, and that was probably a mistake from a negotiating standpoint to come out and say that. 
but uh, I don't. I don't really hate. The, I know it's. I know they're big contracts, but I'm not. I don't really hate these deals. I really don't. Um, I, yeah, they're guaranteed, but they're short. Like these aren't. They don't have any draft picks, anyways. For the next God knows how many years, because of all the trades they made. It's a lot of money, and it's guaranteed. But I think when these guys are done playing, anyways, when Stafford and Donald leave, you're gonna have rebuilding time, a rebuilding period, no matter what. And. You know, Stafford four more years, Donald three more, and obviously these are extensions, so they still had some existing contract on top of it. So it's not all going to end at the same time, clearly. Same with Cup. But I I find it hard to be mad at this. I mean, if you're going to pay any defensive player that much money, TJ Watt's not available. He signed an extension with Pittsburgh. Uh, There's very few guys you could even put in the same stratosphere as like a Watt or a Donald. Who else are you going to pay? You're going to give somebody else $30 million to come in? Or are you going to just give Aaron Donald like 35 37 a year to do what he does? I mean, obviously you stick with Donald. He's already there and you know him and you know what a force he is. They don't win that Super Bowl without Aaron Donald. I don't know anybody who could watch that game and dispute that. Cup, I've been saying for years, uh, <laughs> I wish my team would have traded for him. I would have loved to see him in a Patriots uniform back when they weren't sure. When they had Goff there, they weren't really sure if they were going to extend him or not, whatever, and then they end up doing it. He stayed in uh, he stayed in L.A. Obviously, probably pretty happy he did. You know, I don't know. I, I look at it. Yeah, it's big money, but it's like it's capped. They have to spend anyways, and they may as well pay the big guys that got him there. Yeah, put it this way. If you, you say you take Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, or Cooper Cup off that team last year, do they make the run they made? Not even close. No. And I'm not even talking all three of them. Obviously, all three of them. I'm talking one of them. If it's still Jared Goff there, that's not a Super Bowl team. If Cup isn't there, uh, Robert Woods is a hell of a receiver. And Odell Beckham coming in, Odell will look great. But they weren't doing what Cup was doing. Cup and Stafford have a special connection. And then Aaron Donald is just an absolute monster on that D-line. One of those guys isn't there. They're probably not making that run they did. Certainly not beating the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So, I just, I don't know. A lot of times I get on teams for these massive contracts, especially guaranteed. But it's, I mean, the Vikings have been giving Kirk Cousins 30-plus million a year for the last four or five years to be completely mediocre and not lead him to the playoffs. So, I certainly can't blame the defending champions for re-signing key guys in their prime to massive deals. And they're not franchise-crippling deals. They're not 10-year deals. They're two years. They're three years. Oh, three years and four years. I mean, it, they're good moves. I think what you also have to factor in, Chris, the we know the cap went down. Just by the way how businesses open back up and stadiums are going to start filling back up, that number is going to go up. So they're going to get influx of cash. Uh salary cap cash just by the salary cap going up so that's probably one thing they're leaning on is that going up number two they'll make it work they'll make it work they they let Todd Gurley go with massive um massive dead cap implications and they survive that so and and your point about Cooper Cup the case the, the proof's in the pudding they traded 
They they traded Robert Woods and they haven't re-signed Odell Beckham Jr. Now we know Odell probably has a serious injury, but if it if they didn't have Cooper Cup, let's say they got to the Super Bowl without Cooper Cup, and then they get in the Super Bowl, and now they don't have Cooper Cup. Well, they lost Robert Woods, and then they lost Odell Beckham Jr. They wouldn't have had anybody. So. Mm-hmm. Even if we painted that scenario of them having without getting making it without Cooper Cup, they would have needed him in that in that moment. And Matthew Stafford, same thing. In that moment, they needed Matthew Stafford. They didn't need Jared Goff. Jared Goff wouldn't have put him at a position. And then to kind of encompass this whole point, I I really like Jalen Ramsey. I think he's one of the top corners in the league. There is no way they even sniff the playoffs without Aaron Donald. So this deal makes a thousand percent sense to re-sign him even at age 31. He's got plenty of years left in it. And and even if he deteriorates just a little bit, the guy is the best player. He's the best player on defense. And you could argue he's probably top three in the league. And oh, he's, easily. He, easily. And he's you know, he's putting a lot of quarterbacks below him and you're only talking maybe Mahomes. Maybe that's it. Maybe Mahomes and that's it is better than him. Like affecting the team, affecting the game production, all, all the, all the things that come with being one of the best players, like it's maybe Mahomes and that's about it. So I think think this is a great deal for them. Maybe it doesn't age well, but you said it. It's a short deal. So I, I can't I can't poo-poo this deal. And I have a question for you. How how many more contracts are, are we going to really start seeing more and more and more of these fully guaranteed deals becoming prevalent in the NFL? We know it started with Kirk Cousins. Yep. Deshaun just got yeah. his. And now Aaron Donald got fully guaranteed. Like, is this really going to be become the new standard in the NFL? Uh, I think so. I think for your elite top level players, I mean, Cups isn't fully guaranteed, but seventy five of the eighty is guaranteed. I mean, I don't know why they don't kick the extra five in, but that's whatever. That's their business and their cap people's business. But I think it is, and I think rightfully so. I mean, look, these guys have very detailed contracts with what they can and cannot do. They stay in shape all year. They work out all year. Uh, they know the dangers of it. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, you make $80 million, but uh, you could also, you know, have a bad hit on one play and never walk again. Look at like guys like Ryan Chazier. I mean, thankfully he's walking, but he was never able to finish out his career because of a, a, a hit. Just random hit. Didn't even look all that devastating, if I remember correctly. I mean, and, and I mean, maybe it did. Maybe I'm misremembering that one. But either way, like you never know when your next play is your last. And... Or when it could be. And to have, I believe, NBA contracts are fully guaranteed, are they not? Yeah. MLB contracts are fully guaranteed. Uh, NHL, I know NHL, you know, from a financial standpoint, the contracts aren't as high. But I think they have a better guarantee rate than the NFL does. And here's the most physical sport as far as violence-wise and damage to your body in North America. Uh, at least in the states, and not guaranteed. 
these guys get, you know, kind of cheaped out of these bonuses you're supposed to have on the last day because owners don't want to pay out. Good owners will, but a lot of owners, a lot of disgruntled players that in the last game of the season because they got kept out the last couple of plays so they didn't hit a milestone in their contract and, and essentially get hit a qualifier, whatever you want to call it, for a big bonus. I think it's time. These NFL owners have the money. I mean, the NFL makes ungodly money every year. These owners make ungodly money every year. And these players are putting their health on the line. And there's a lot of reward for that. And they know the risk. But still, they're human beings. And, yeah, let's get some let's make guaranteed contracts more prevalent. It's going to start with your big-name guys. It's going to start with your big-name players. I mean, Stafford was, what did I say, one... Uh, 160 and 135 of that was guaranteed. So, I mean, the Stafford family isn't going hungry anytime soon. There's no GoFundMe necessary. Uh, but, I mean, I think I think it is. It's going to start being prevalent. And it's about time. The other sports are going to be NFL needs to catch up. NFL is on the front of so many good innovations when it comes to sports. And so many things that work with fans. That's why they remain the most popular sport in, in the United States. Uh, by a mile. Uh, not even close, by the way. I think I saw a stat the other day that said, like, the lowest-ranked playoff game, ratings-wise, was watched by, like, 10 million more people than the game one of the NBA Finals. So, and, and no, I don't knock on the NBA Finals or anything, but it just it's a different stratosphere. Like, the NFL is a different level. Let's start passing some more of that onto the players, and we're going to get situations like Major League Baseball where strikes are more of a possibility, work stops are more of a possibility. I think it's a much bigger deal when you have athletes conditioned the way football players are than it is in other sports. So, oh, I had something else on that too, and I am drawing a blank now, but that's okay. Oh, my my regret. Again, as you may have known from people who listen frequently to this show, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> last year during fantasy season, I released Cooper Cup before the season started. Drafted him in the ninth round. Nobody wanted him for eight rounds. Picked him up in the eighth round. I still had a damn good team. Uh, made a playoff run. And released the guy who had one of the great receiving seasons in NFL history. Because I thought a Ravens backup running back was going to get the starting job. And that would be more valuable. Uh, and the guy who picked him up. Uh, my cousin Mike. Shout out to Mike. Uh, ended up winning the championship. So... I don't know how it would have played out for me, but I would have been a hell of a lot more likely if I had Cooper Cup. So kudos to the Rams for not making the same mistake I did last year. All right, on to the, I mean, this might win the award for the biggest, yeah, no kidding, comment of the year. Uh, But in a recent interview, Devontae Adams, now the Raiders star wide receiver, Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football, Devontae Adams, said Aaron Rodgers' looming retirement greatly factored into his trade request. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this was about as much of a shock as someone telling me the sun's hot and water's wet. I mean, (laughs) how could it not? You know, uh, and and look, I blame the Packers more for that than anything else because the Packers continued to not negotiate with Devontae Adams because they were worried about prima donna Aaron Rodgers being happy. And now they have... A very highly paid, aging Aaron Rodgers without the best receiver in the game. And it is going to be a challenge 
It is. I have. There's people out there who are delusional, absolutely delusional, saying Aaron Rodgers is going to three peat as MVP, and it's not going to hurt him one bit in having Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams missed a game last year and still had almost 30% target share for that entire team. And you're telling me that's not going to hurt? Their answer was bringing in Sammy Watkins. And, I mean, okay, you can get on a list of people who are disappointed in bringing in Sammy Watkins. Nothing personal against the guy, but I want to talk about a guy who has a game or two a year that uh, he might show out and then absolutely disappears. That's Sammy Watkins. He's like a lightweight Amari Cooper. And that's your answer to the best receiver in the game. One of the best first steps in NFL history. One of the most electrifying players the league's seen in God knows how many years. Maybe since Calvin Johnson or Barry Sanders. <laughs> I mean, this is the Packers' fault. They let this happen to themselves. Um, correct. There's, there's, realistically, they could have just, they realistically could have handled Devontae first and then moved on to Aaron Rodgers. Yep. You put a, you push enough money in front of Devontae Adams. Realistically, I think he's still in Green Bay at a certain time. But as he warmed up to the idea of going somewhere else because he was not the priority. Mm-hmm. Now when they come to him, I'm all set, guys. I want to be traded. This is where I want to be traded to. Don't trade me anywhere else but here. I won't sign a contract extension with anybody else but with the Las Vegas Raiders because Derek Carr is there. Now, I agree with his sentiments, though. He has to think long-term, like, he said, no knock on Jordan Love. Yeah. Well, but, uh, let's pump the brake there a little, Devontae. You're throwing a little shade at him. Is it deserved? Yeah, because you don't know what he is. Right. Whose fault is that? That's the Packers. Again, yes. this is the Packers front office's fault. Yep. They have dipped their toe in and out of what they're going to do at the quarterback position post Aaron Rodgers. They did the same thing with Brett Favre. And it, and, and it got to the point where they just basically cut the uh, umbilical cord and said, you're going to the New York Jets. We're putting a poison pill so they can't trade him to Minnesota. That's all there is to it. Aaron Rodgers, this is your team. They haven't done that with Jordan Love. And Jordan Love's entering his third uh, third season. And they just signed him with a contract extension. If I'm Jordan Love, I'm like, why am I here? I have I, there's no trade value for him at all. None. I, if I were a team, I would say here, here's the sixth round pick for him. That's the best I'll do for you because I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's ever going to be anything. He hasn't thrown a football in quite a few years. So why am I going to give you any sort of draft capital worth of worth of anything for Jordan Love? So it realistically the Packers have just put themselves in a corner mm-hmm. where yes, you would have taken a step back. Uh, I wouldn't have even gone first. The, the second year of Jordan Love, I would have cut that middle court because one, you would have stopped that all that charade and shenanigans and all that bullshit going on with Aaron Rodgers. And two, you would have been able to sign Devontae Adams to a longer contract because 
if Devontae had a full season with Jordan Love as right. a quarterback, yep. Yep. maybe he's just a little more comfortable with it. But now, nope, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't want it. He had no time for it. He moved on. Well, he had nothing but 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 good things to say about Rodgers. Right. When Rodgers was pulling all his shenanigans, hey, he's my guy, bring him back in. I want to be here. I want to compete with him. Like you said, they, right then and there, could have re-signed Adams to a contract extension. They could have offered him exactly what the Raiders offered him, or more, who knows. Probably would have stayed, and he would have been happy because he was made a priority. Instead, and he says he has no animosity towards Rodgers, and whether that's true or not, I don't know. Apparently they were golfing together and their buddies still, whatever. Yeah, there's a post on um, yeah. uh, Twitter with uh, so ri- rich guys playing golf. Don't whatever it is, what it is. Right. Um, but like, if he'd been made a priority, it wouldn't have come to this. Instead, the team made Rogers a priority when they had already drafted his replacement. It's like doing something to piss somebody off, and then apologizing for pissing them off by doing the thing you knew would piss them off. And then only focusing on the trying to make the person you intentionally pissed off happy. Like, there's no logic in that. Like, there's no logic what the Packers did. They essentially wasted a first-round pick on Jordan Love, and it's no knock on Jordan Love. Like I said, we saw him play one game this year. Or last year, excuse me. Didn't look great against the Chiefs. Um, But again, he's not getting first-team reps, so he's not going to look great. He's not really acquainted with the offense. And... You're worried about Rodgers. Okay. So, and then you signed him to a massive extension after you wasted a first-round pick on the guy you're clearly not going to use. And now you had to trade away your, 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 the best receiver in, in the game by far. I mean, there's a lot of super talented receivers. Devontae Adams is, is, is number one in my book, though. The footwork alone off the line, the speed, the break, just everything this guy does is just so crisp. He's number one. He's going to make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender. He's going to make Derek Carr an MVP candidate. Kind of like he did for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Because Rodgers' sole Super Bowl championship still comes with that elite defense they had led by your boy Charles Woodson. So, tell me how this guy is going to three-peat as MVP without that. What's he going to throw 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns to Alan Lazard. No disrespect to Alan Lazard. He's not Devontae Adams, or they wouldn't have cared. But by the time they already, by the time they got Rodgers back, like you said, Devontae had warmed up already to the idea of moving on. He hadn't considered it before. He was there with Rodgers. But then when he wasn't certain about Rodgers, and he didn't have any uh, kind of relationship with Jordan Love, now he's entertaining the thought of leaving. And by the time they sign Rodgers to that massive deal, and they come to him, he's like, you know what? Eh, that's a long deal. Uh, man, if I get the deal I want, I want to be here for two or three years after he retires. I don't know who's going to be throwing me the ball. I want to set records. I want to make history. I want to be the potential Jerry Rice of my generation. You're not going to do it if you don't know who the quarterback is. Packers have no one to blame but themselves. And and what's interesting is, yes, they have Jordan Love on a, you know, rookie contract. That's great. Under 
controllable money this year, controllable money next year. But next year they have to make a decision by yep. July, somewhere in Ju- early June or July, I believe. Very expensive fifth year option. Very expensive. Like is is zero to do with his performance on the field. It's everything to do with who's getting paid at that position. And how are you going to stomach? Let's see. It's uh how are you going to stomach when Aaron Rodgers that year will be making uh, $49 million and Jordan Love will be making 15 to 20, give yeah. or take. I'm, I'm being generous. I'm not sure what the number will be, but yeah. So how, how would you feel Green Bay if you were paying the quarterback position between two players almost $70 million? Oh, and your premier top flight number one wide receiver is catching touchdowns in Las Vegas. Your generational talent wide receiver. Chris, I equate this. This is this is this is because I've been kind of thinking through while you're talking, and I'm equating this to a guy playing Texas Hold'em, and he's went all in on Aaron Rodgers. And he's and he's lost everything, and he went to the the loan shark and says, "I'm gonna double down. I got you. I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna win it this time." And he lost again with losing Devontae Adams, and he went back to the loan shark. Says, "I got it. I got it this time. I'm gonna win it. Loan me the money. I got you." And the Green Bay Packers are yet again gonna go bust. And now the rest of the league is going to break their ankles because at some point they're just not going to have anything left over except for Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, we, we say, we say all the time at some point, Tom Brady's going to fall off. Aaron Rodgers is going to fall off at some point. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be, you know, hold, I, I, as a Patriots fan, I can appreciate what Tom's done the two years. He's not been in green in uh, Tampa Bay. But I'm okay with that because at some point, Tampa Bay is going to be paying the price. And at some point, Green Bay is going to pay the price. And if you look at it realistically, Chris, over the past few years, um, they could have allowed the Minnesota Vikings to maybe win one year, the, the division title, and then come back stronger the following season. And come and and because what are the Vikings going to do? The Bears are a debacle, and as you pointed out so eloquently, the Detroit Lions are going nowhere. Maybe they're building something, but right now they're building. the The past few years they've been going nowhere. So this division, they could have won with Jordan Love and Devontae Adams, and yet they decided to go this route. And and I'll, and I I think I've said this before. The 49er fans need to heed this warning because the, the fortunate thing they have going for them is Jimmy is one, he's injured, two, not 100% back from that surgery yet, and three, he's on the last year of his deal. They have the ability to just let him go right, and then move and transition into Trey Lance uh, after two, off-season, uh, two years of not playing, plus – his last college year, he played one one game. But 
if they if they go forward with that plan, they will have at maximum three years to see what Trey Lance can do uh, before they would have to pay him mega mega dollars. If I'm a 49ers fan, I'm hoping that this is the first year for Trey Lance. I can understand why they want Jimmy, but heed this warning. You don't want Jimmy to resign. And you really need Trey Lance to see some action this year, some long-term sustainable action, because you need that guy to hit the ground running because they're not in the division like the Packers are. Right. They're sitting in the same division as the Super Bowl champions, the same division with the Arizona Cardinals, who have a pretty good offense. And oh, by the way, for what Seattle has done for the past few years, and especially this past offseason, Pete Carroll's still there. He can build a team. You can't sleep on him. Yeah, I'll say this about the Packers before I move on. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, Jordan Love has already said, and I read that as part of the interview with the Devontae Adams comments, uh, he's not focusing on a career as a Green Bay Packer or a future as a Green Bay Packer. He's focused on doing the best he can for whatever team he's with. So you already have a guy who you used a first-round pick on when you had other needs. You got two chicken shit to pull the trigger and let Rodgers go and, and, and bring him in, which is why you drafted him. You don't waste a first-round pick on a, on a backup quarterback. You just don't. You don't do that. That's a fourth, fifth, sixth-round selection. So you that was in your mind. Like, they can say they can deny it all they want. That was their thought. He was going to be Rodgers' replacement. So now you wasted a first-round pick when you had other needs. And the actions of that, or the, the repercussions of that, caused you to essentially lose the best receiver in the NFL. So now you have an aging Aaron Rodgers with a suspect receiving core. You have a great regular season quarterback who has proven over the last couple of years when it comes to the playoffs, he's a ghost. And now you don't have Devontae Adams even there to try to help him. So that's I'm not gonna not gonna beat this up anymore. But I mean the Packers really, really turned something that could have been special for them into a mess. And at the end of it, they may have nothing to show for it. And they and and I'll just finish with this, Chris. I'm looking at this draft, and, and and yeah, they could have moved up and got this player that – I don't like to play that game. I just look at the two players right after, Seattle and Baltimore, who they picked. Jordan Brooks, who's the heir apparent to Bobby Wagner, and we'll see what that looks like this year. And then we have another guy, and I think, I think you know this player. Patrick Queen? Oh, yeah. Could have had yep. him. Yep. Could have had him. Uh, and, and realistically, the only other player of note within the, you know, that I would look at would be uh, at number 33, T. Higgins, uh, wide receiver, which, again, would play right into supporting Aaron Rodgers with a, mm -hmm. uh, another wide receiver. So, and and then also with the develop uh, with his development, you could have had potentially a replacement if this scenario continued to play out like it did now with Devontae Adams wanting to go elsewhere. But there's options there, and yet they they went with Jordan Love and 
I'm telling you, there's there's no way they get any sort of value from Jordan Love. There's just not. No, he's going to end up walking, and they're going to have wasted a first-round pick because they had zero foresight. As soon as they don't pick up that fifth-year option, his value plummets significantly. The only saving grace they'll have is they pick up that option, and another team looks at it and says, I have two years of this guy at this money. I need a starting quarterback. Okay, let's give him a shot. I'll give you a fifth or sixth round pick. And that's probably the best case scenario. And anyone can quote me on that. And you can take me to task when it's, it's, you know, he's traded for a third or a second. All I got to say is they're just not going to get the value. They're not getting no. a first round pick for this guy anytime soon. No way. No way. All right. So I got this list uh, off a website called Yard Barker. Never heard of it, um, but it has a list of unanswered, one unanswered question still facing every NFL team this upcoming season. Um, and it was written recently. It was updated two days ago. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through the teams. Obviously, these aren't all deep dives. Uh, I'm going to read the team and then the question. And I think a way to do this quickly would be either just give a counter question as to what you think the question should be or just a short analysis as to why you agree or disagree. Sound good? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Shoot. I'm ready. So they're enough but a quarter here. So the first one is the Arizona Cardinals. And is it, can the team make Kyler Murray happy? Yeah, give him a fully guaranteed contract, and I'm sure he'll be happy. I counter with the question, can Kyler Murray play a complete season and prove he's worth franchise quarterback money? Falcons. Go ahead. What's that? No, that's a true point. I can't argue with that. I uh, no, can't argue his talent, but consistency and longevity is a problem. Right. Um, Atlanta Falcons. Is Marcus Mariota the answer at quarterback? Uh, I'll give you a real short answer. No. Uh, I'm going to tend to agree with you, uh, but um, short term, maybe. He's unproven, realistically. Couple years in Tennessee when they were kind of floundering, so I don't know. Um, I don't think they're counting on him to be the savior of their franchise, though. They also don't want him to be the answer, uh, in my belief, Chris. I don't think they want uh, him to be the answer. Yeah, I believe that. Baltimore Ravens. How will the defense adjust under a new coordinator? Ooh, that's uh, you know what I would I would say. I would counter that, Chris. With uh, I would pinpoint actually a position. Can the cornerbacks on this team come back to form? And that's Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They're supposedly supposed to be top top tier cornerback tandem. They need to show that they're healthy. I, I don't have questions about majority of the rest of the defense, and they just pick up Kyle Hamilton, which should help. But that would be my counter question. Uh, my counter question would be. Can the linebackers, the young linebacking core, especially Patrick Queen, take the next step and become the centerpiece of that defense and make them elite once again? Well, I think they'll adjust just fine, totally. But can they gel enough? And can the key guys they've drafted at those positions to be the guys come through and prove they were worth the draft capital? Oh, here it is. 
Buffalo Bills. Can the team get over the hump? I, I still don't think that the answer, the, I have an answer. They haven't resolved their running back situation. I don't think. And I think that's one thing that's really going to hold them back with all the talent they have, with all the ability, they check all the boxes. They just don't have enough in the running back position to keep teams honest. It doesn't have to be a staple. You just need to keep teams honest. Fair enough. I'd agree with that. Uh, I think they can. I would have to say, though, uh, with the money they spent on Von Miller, which still puzzles me, uh, if they don't do it this year, then the pressure is going to become even more immense because this is, on top of the four Super Bowls they went to and didn't win, this is a team that many picked to be in the Super Bowl this year after an incredible season in 2021, or excuse me, in 2020. And they just absolutely manhandled the Patriots and then lost in a shootout to the, the, the Chiefs and realistically should have won that game. As a team that is already acting like they've won something they haven't won. So if they don't win this year, and I'm not talking about make a good playoff, I'm talking if they don't raise a Lombardi this year, they're going to be labeled a letdown. And it's going to start getting ugly in Buffalo because you're going to start seeing the very loyal fan base get very pissed off. Carolina Panthers. I think I know both of our answer to this one. Can Sam Darnold be saved? No. Nope. Chicago Bears. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. Just it's you're done. Oh, you have a nice career for the next decade as a backup somewhere, I'm sure. Great, but... absolutely. But starter? Mm, yeah, done. starter not for a competitive team. All right. Chicago Bears. Is the team setting Justin Fields up to fail? I have some bias here because I, I want him to succeed. I'm on a holding pattern with this. I think they helped him by moving on from yeah naggy but i'm still i'm i'm holding pattern right now i i have to agree i don't think until you see how the offense changes this upcoming season you, you can't really judge that question so right. uh, i'm with you cincinnati Bengals. can this team avoid the year after hangover um and joe i i like joe burrow and i don't like The, the only thing with them is if if Baltimore is what they are and, and Deshaun plays, it's not going to be a hangover. It's just going to be a really tough division. But those are some ifs that I – and question marks that I don't think the Bengals have. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a hangover. If anything, it's just the, the competition – Regardless of what Pittsburgh is like, the competition in that division, and as we point out many many occasions, the talent that has vacated the NFC and have entered into the AFC, it's gonna be real real tough for them to repeat. Yeah, Joe Burrow is the real deal. Obviously, Jamar Chase is the real deal. T. Higgins, all those guys. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon is is great. Um, they've upgraded that line tremendously. I don't think it's a year after hangover. Like you said, competitive division. This team over 
overachieved last year, I thought, for the second year of Joe Burrow. So I don't think if they don't make the Super Bowl again or win, it's a hangover. I just think it's going to be really competitive. But this is a legit team, and they're going to be competitive. <laughs> Cleveland Browns. What is the Sean Watson status for 2022? The NFL has led no insight to this whatsoever. So, man, look, I've heard four games. I've heard two games. I've heard half the season. I've heard the full season. I've even heard people speculate he doesn't step foot back on the field ever again. I'm just going to go half a season. That's all I'm going to go with because – I got nothing else to go on. NFL is being very tight-lipped about this one. I'm going to say, because I don't think last year's uh, not playing was due to suspension. I think that was the Texans saying, until we know what happened, we're not playing you. So uh, I am going to say he's suspended for the entire season. I don't think the league can do anything but that. They suspended a guy for gambling $1,500. A guy with 23 sexual assault allegations cannot step onto the field. That's just, it's it's cut and dry. I mean, he can't play. Unless these be, things become resolved, he can't play. Dallas Cowboys. Is Mike McCarthy the right man as head coach? Uh, No. No. Okay. Uh, I I say no, not because of anything against Mike McCarthy, because um, I think no because Jerry Jones did a great job of putting himself in a weird cap situation, and he's always and forever, as long as he's breathing, will be the coach of that team, even if he's not standing on the field. So it doesn't really matter who's holding the clipboard. Denver Broncos. Can Russell Wilson vault the team back into the playoffs? He can, but we have a similar situation in the AFC West as we have mm-hmm. in the AFC North. It's exactly just, what I was thinking. It's just going to be tough. It is going to be tough throughout the entire season. And I, I just don't know what it's going to look like. So I'll, I'll be interested. I think he can do it. Uh, they just need to put enough pieces on that offensive line because I think they have enough in for weapons to really push this team forward on off- offense. It's just that offensive line. I just have question marks about it. And until they uh, they prove otherwise, I, I I think the Chiefs, even with Tyreek Hill being gone, I feel I still put them ahead. And uh, Las Vegas, I put ahead, and I put the Chargers ahead. So it's it's an uphill battle. Look, Russ is good. He, much like Kyler Murray, seems to drop off every year. He is the first six-week MVP of the last, like, eight NFL seasons. Uh, and then he just kind of disappears, falls off, gets banged up, whatever. He's talented. I don't feel he's elite. He's certainly an improvement over Drew Locke by a mile. This team has a talented receiving core. Uh, I've said it as soon as this trade happened, and I stand by that. This team will go as far as Javante Williams takes them because that was the thing he was missing in Seattle was a great running game. And when they had Marshawn Lynch in a great running game and an elite defense, they won a championship and made it to a few more. Going to need the same thing in Denver. And if they can't run the ball, this is 
a team that's fighting for a wild card spot. So, yeah, he can make the playoffs, but elite, no. Detroit Lions, will the new defensive players make a difference? Uh, I like to amend that to, will the Detroit Lions have long-term success with the additions? I will say yes to that, but there's yeah. nothing There's nothing on, on paper or on the field that proves it's no knock on any of them, and it's a little biased for me because, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, I support him a thousand percent. But until they approve otherwise, I, I don't have faith in the Detroit Lions to do anything correctly. Yeah, they had some, I mean, that receiver they drafted last year, uh, Amara St. Brown, looked really good. Um, the, the tight end looks really nice. I forgot the kid's name. I keep forgetting it. Um, Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah. yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Has had definitely had flashes, and they have some talent on defense. They drafted Okuda real early last year, and they had Aiden Hutchinson this year. Um, it all comes down to the quarterback. Now they have some weapons, and they don't have Matthew Stafford anymore. And there's just a culture of losing in Detroit. And until that changes, and someone's gonna have to come in and do that and make that change, then I don't know. They've had dominant players before; it doesn't do them any good. Can Aaron Rodgers maintain his play without Devontae Adams? This question, of course, for your Green Bay Packers. Uh, no. Absolutely not. I 100% agree. Houston Texans. Is Davis Mills the long-term starting quarterback? They need more. Brandon Cooks is not enough. So, can he be? Yes. He could be a nice piece. He could be a Alex Smith. He could be a better version of Ryan Fitzpatrick with a little less gambling. Uh, and when I mean gambling, I mean gambling on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not the betting gambling. Um, that's kind of why how it could be a, be a better version of Tony Romo. Like, I can see that. Just he needs pieces. And I'm not look. I like Brandon Cooks. I'm not resting my hopes for him being the number one on a on a wide receiver team at all. So, the short answer is not an incomplete. Incomplete. I'm going to say, as far as the whole team goes, yes, I agree with that. As far as is he the answer at quarterback, um, I, I need to see more. But I mean, he had more 300 yard passing games than any rookie quarterback last year. Uh, and uh, granted, that was because the team was down a lot and he had some garbage time, but he still looked good. He had some real good games, and I think I say yes. I say yes more than no. Indianapolis Colts. Can Matt Ryan get the team back to the playoffs? Uh, I would like to amend that to Will this be a running focus offense or a passing focus offense? And and whatever the answer to that question is, well, I can answer the original question because if you try to win it with passing, you're going to lose. You're going to lose this division, and your only real competition is the Titans with a – I don't know how percentage uh, Derrick Henry is – but 
you have a Tennessee Titans team that has no longer AJ Brown. So you're in the driver's seats. Feed the rock to Jonathan Taylor. If he gets injured, hey, he gets injured. That's that's just the way NFL is. But if he doesn't get injured, he could be a 2,000-yard rusher, MVP, rushing title, all that, and lead you to the Super Bowl. Just put Matt Ryan in a position to succeed, not win the game. If you put Matt Ryan in the same position as you put Carson Wentz in last year, Matt Ryan succeeds far more often. I do not think Matt Ryan is an elite quarterback. I look at this a lot like I, the way I do the Denver Broncos. He's a guy coming in who's had success with really good players in the past who is a lot smarter than the person he's taking over for. However, it's not like Matt Ryan is racking up playoff wins when he had Julio Jones and company down there in in Atlanta. And he had some good defenses, and he had some really good offenses and offensive players. And aside from the one year they blew it into the Patriots, they never even made the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you give him talent around him. He's had talent before and didn't get done. And the Colts are getting to the point now where they're synonymous with choking and not getting the job done or chasing, you know, franchise quarterbacks away. So, path to the playoffs, yes. Is this team going to be elite? No. You didn't win the Super Bowl when he had Julio Jones to throw to. Uh, who's he got to throw to in, uh, in Indy? T.Y. Hilton? Okay, for 12 minutes a year, and then he's banged up and he's out for the rest of the time. So, yeah, playoffs, but maybe. I don't know. To stack the AFC? Uh, I say yes because of the weak division, but it wouldn't surprise me if they missed the playoffs. Jacksonville Jaguars. Can Doug Peterson get the team back on track? I mean, is our baseline last year? Because the answer would be 100% of times be yes. But they need to get back to where they were a few years ago, where they were becoming the top of the market in the AFC. And they're not, they have no shot with. In my opinion, they have no shot with Doug Peterson to make a Super Bowl run. But, yeah, they'll be better than last year. They, they, it's the only, way they, the only place they can go is up. Yeah. Can he get them back on track? Absolutely. That's going to all depend on whether Trevor Lawrence is what everyone thinks he is. He'll, he'll get that out of him if he is. He will. But what if he isn't? If he's a bust, it's still a 2-3 win team. He's the guy that's going to transition the team to the next, the next guy. That's my. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's going to get them. Oh, he's they're really they're becoming good. Okay, the owner's going to say, "I need to bring in someone that's going to push us over the top, that's going to be innovative, that's going to be that's going to take Trevor Lawrence and maximize his position because of the position Doug Peterson's been put in because of the owner." and his incompetence of hiring Urban Meyer. It's not his fault. It's just right. he chose this job. So be it. Halfway through, Kansas City Chiefs, who will emerge as the number one wide receiver? It's, a, it's an easy question. Travis Kelsey. Ooh, see, yeah, I'd say number one target, but they said wide receiver. Yeah. I still stand by my statement. Uh, I think Kelsey's going to obviously have the most yards. If you're going to actually go with the receiving core and the spirit of the question, I'm going to say Mercole Hardman. 
I, I just see it as Travis Kelsey does line up at wide receiver. Yeah. N- enough to justify him as. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying in the spirit of the question, I just went with an actual wide receiver, but it's going to be Kelsey, obviously, with the most yards and receptions and everything. Las I mean, Vegas Raiders. Does the team have an elite offense? I mean, pretty easy. I mean, they they cover all three levels. Yeah. And Derek Carr almost threw for 5,000 yards last year without Devontae Adams. I mean, if you try to double up, if you try to double Devontae Adams, you have to deal with Waller and Hunter. You can't really, if you try to double up Hunter and, and show support to Darren Waller in that same kind of coverage, you're leaving a cornerback on the island with Devontae Adams. And I don't think that's a winning recipe for a defense. So no. The only the only pitfall they have is a healthy Josh Jacobs. That's it. That's all they have is, right. is, is as a question mark. And As I mentioned, Hunter Renfro is no slouch. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm saying you can't you can't double up Devontae. Right, you, right, right. You can't bracket coverage inside either Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, or try to like build some sort of I don't know, the best way I could put it is like a force field to kind of cover both of them with three players because you're gonna leave Devontae on the island. Josh Jacobs is the only problem that they have. I mean that's okay, go ahead. That's and that's not really a a a serious problem because a fully healthy one. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He's he's good to go, and I just I don't think he's going to be seeing eight uh, eight nine in the box. He's going to be no no way like, can't <laughs> the safeties aren't going to be there. So less hits on J- Josh Jacobs will be absolutely welcomed, and a fully healthy Darren Waller is going to pull some of those linebackers off. And absolutely, Waller's uh, a beast. It, it just Josh Jacobs stay on the field. It's elite offense. I agree. Uh, um, I mean, unless they let Josh McDaniels call too many plays. Um, it is funny. I just want to point this out, though, real quick. Uh, we just mentioned all the Packers front office pitfalls, yet they're seen as geniuses, while Bill Belichick is nothing but maligned because people are biased against the Patriots. And fight me on that. I don't care. I'll die on that hill. Um, and what were people saying about Josh McDaniels last year? Just a refresher. Uh, this offense was stagnant. Oh, it was stale. He was a hack. He was overrated. He couldn't cut it in Denver. He drafted Tim Tebow. The Patriots' offense was only because of Tom Brady. It wasn't. He didn't know what he was doing. First line of this article: The Raiders started the offseason by hiring offensive mastermind Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So the minute he's no longer a Patriots sideline, he's an offensive mastermind again. Yep, pretty much. But I mean, okay, but yeah, the the whole bias thing is we're making it up because we're yeah okay we're paranoid. Okay, just just want to run that by you. Los Angeles Chargers. Can the team surpass the Chiefs? This one's easy for me, too. Uh, yeah. I think they already have. I mean, I know you have to do it on the field, but, I mean, unless there's a rash of major injuries, no, I'm not on wood, not drinking anybody. Right. This I, this team is going to have to beat itself to lose. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. L.A. Chargers, Buffalo Bills, AFC Championship game. Would not be stunned in one bit. Los Angeles Rams, can they repeat? 
have they done enough to reconfigure the the team to really put themselves in a position where they have some new talent while maintaining the core of their off their their team. So I think they can. I, I really think they have an opportunity to to repeat. However, it is a tough tough ask for any team to come back and the best one of the best teams in the league we've ever seen Kansas City Chiefs they almost pulled it off but Tampa Bay couldn't Tampa Bay just came in and just wrecked them and then Tampa Bay couldn't do it so it's it's just a tough ask that's all it is it's a tough ask for any team to do it yeah it'll be tough Uh, it's really going to test Sean McVay's creative play calling and everything because as talented as he is he's going to have to change a lot of things because he can't just come into this season doing the same thing I know in the Super Bowl they pretty much just said okay Stafford you're throwing a Cooper Cup exclusively that's it stop him and nobody did but to do it after an entire league has an offseason to plan for you is a little bit different story they're going to be competitive going to be right up there it would not shock me completely I'll say this they have as good a chance as any team I could remember of repeating. And that's that's as far as I can go. Miami Dolphins. This is this is ugh. okay. Can the new quarter or can the new weapons turn Tua into an elite quarterback? No, Tua has to turn Tua into an elite quarterback. Thank you. That as it'll help, but he needs to be the force that drives that offense because Mahomes is the force that drives his offense. Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, like that, that's what drives the offense. If that talent is driving Tua, then we have a problem, folks, because if he's not hitting his targets, and we've seen it in practice, but then, of course, we've also seen in practice where – Tyreek Hill says he's as accurate as Patrick Mahomes, which is a dumb insane. If he's not drug tested after saying that, then I don't know what the league's doing. So, no. Tua, I like Tua. I think Tua's going to be really good. Tua needs to make himself great, not the other way around. The problem with Tua is Tua is already acting like he's done something. That's not a good sign if you're the Dolphins. If I'm the new Dolphins head coach, I pull him aside and say, hey, look, be confident. You're our guy. Go out there and do what you got to do. But let's stop chipping at the media so much. Because you threw a deep ball and hit Tyreek Hill in practice. whoop de friggin do You got to do it in a game now. Let's see, what's... Let, let's see what happens the first time someone gets through the line and two is scrambling and Tyreek Hill is wide open and Tua misses him by 15 yards because he's not Patrick Mahomes. And I like Tua. I think he's got a lot more talent than he's shown the last couple of years because of injuries. But to even think you're going to go from what we've seen to elite? I mean, they said in the right here, they added Chase Edmonds, Cedric Wilson, and Tyreek Hill. Okay, Chase Edmonds, great. He's a guy who did great in a run-first offense and was essentially injury-prone for the first couple of years of his career. Cedric Wilson, okay, cool, whatever. And Tyreek Hill, obviously an elite receiver, but an elite receiver with the best quarterback in the league. Let's see what you get now with a guy who is definitely not Patrick Mahomes. You can try to shine it up all you want by saying he's more accurate, but it is going to be one hell of a turnaround if this team is anything 
anything close to what they're being hyped up to be. And I'll just say, Chris, it'll be interesting to watch how the new head coach motivates this team. And will this front office slash ownership regret letting Brian Flores go? Because we knew we saw what he was. We saw the the confidence and, and the way he ran the team. I'm not knocking Mike McDonald, but or McDaniels, whatever I, I don't remember exactly what his name is, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. But I liked what Brian Flores did. I saw the team. They had a was it eight and one record going into the uh, playoffs. Yeah. I like to think that that was something. And um, it'll be interesting to see what this guy does. Because I just don't – I don't know if he has the demeanor and the command of the team that Brian Flores had. <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings. Will the new faces fix the defense? No. Um, the problem's the, problem's the same problem. It's been past, what, six years? Yeah. I don't think they will, uh, but I think the offense is going to be better under a new head coach. And it's going to be more of a passing offense, which it needs to be with, you know, Jefferson and Thielen. Uh, not so much more of, but a more balanced, not just run the ball 30 times because Dalvin Cook has trouble staying healthy as talented as he is. And you need to exploit Justin Jefferson's talent as much as possible. So won't fix it. But if the offense does what they need to do, it really won't matter. Here's the biggest question. Okay, all all the knocks on the Patriots, and here's the biggest question: Who will be the offensive coordinator? Why does it matter? That's that's my counter. Why does it matter? Yeah, I I don't I don't care, and it doesn't matter. So, I agree. There's even Chris. There's even controversy in Boston sports radio uh, of concern about who the offensive coordinator who. Every time there's a turnover on coordinators, we know who runs the gig. It's Bill Belichick. He's going to run the same playbook he's been running for decades. He's got guys that are in place. I'm not concerned. Nope. I want to see what the defense does, period. He built it to beat the Dolphins. He built it to beat the Buffalo Bills. He built it to beat a high-powered Kansas City Chiefs team. That's what he's built. He put speed on this team. Last offseason, this offseason, this draft, last draft, he's building the team for speed because that's what the league is. So that's all, all I got to say on that. All they've done the last two years since Brady left is sit there and bag this, this team and this franchise. And the first year with so many COVID opt-outs and uh, the first year without the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, they damn near made the playoffs. And last year they did make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and an influx of new talent. Um, I have every faith Mac Jones is going to take huge leaps forward. This offense is going to be great. This defense is going to be good enough. And this team is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm not saying they're going to be the Bills, the Chargers, whatever, the Chiefs, but actually I don't even know if the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. But they're going to be competitive, and it's not going to matter. The media needs to know that because they just want to know everything. Not knowing kills them, and Belichick doesn't care, and it drives him nuts. And, and Devontae Parker's best two games this year will be against the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
New Orleans Saints, what will life be like without Sean Payton? They're turning, I'm going to call it, they're going to turn a new page. That's what they're doing. They're turning a new page. They're moving on. Thank you, Sean, for what you've done. I will say this. The New Orleans fan base is probably going to turn on Sean Baton in the next two years because he's going to end up somewhere that they're not going to really like. Where, I don't know, but I feel like it's going to stun them and at minimum it's going to stun the fan base where he's going to end up. It's going to take Uh, over in Atlanta when they draft their new quarterback. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's like that team is primed. And I know Arthur Smith just got their last offseason. But we've seen franchises move on very quickly from head coaches uh, for less reasons. So, yeah. I think the question here in, in New Orleans isn't what it's life like with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's gone, so that's not a, that doesn't matter. It's going to be what it is. The question is, can the new additions gel with the old guard being guys like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and work with Jam- Jameis Winston enough to make this team competitive? That's what you have to worry about, not, not the past. Worry about your future. New York Giants, can Daniel Jones turn his career around? Uh, no, he's there. I think they've already kind of signaled the white yeah. flag for him. I think he's, I think they were declined his fifth year option. So I, I would say he's kind of playing for his career right now. Maybe he's playing for a starting career again. I think yeah. like much like Sam Darnold, he'll be able to be a backup for a while, but I don't, I don't think Daniel Jones is a very high level NFL quarterback. I still wish I didn't rescind my my opinion of Daniel Jones. Yeah. New York Jets. Is Zach Wilson a viable NFL quarterback? And to piggyback my last statement, I am going to stand firm on my statement that I think uh, Zach Wilson will be a bust. I'm going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, because this does not say elite, it says viable. I am going to say yes. I think he's better than he showed last year, and he's going to have a respectable 2022 and build on that. How far he goes, I don't know, but he certainly has the talent around him on paper. We'll see if that translates. Philadelphia Eagles. Can the offense be elite? It can. Uh, it is up to the offensive coordinator and Jalen Hurts to keep everyone interested in uh, moving the offense because there's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of talent, and I like what they've done. It is entirely up to them on how they make this offense work. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I say yes, they absolutely can be. Will they be? I don't know, but they can be. Pittsburgh Steelers, who will start at quarterback? Hmm. So there's a lot of rumors coming out of Pittsburgh on this person's head, this person has head. It's Mike Tomlin. He can be unpredictable. Honestly, 
I don't like him because I think I think they should have drafted Malik Willis. Uh, but I think they're going to go with Kenny Pickett. I think they go Mitch Trubisky until about game three when Trubisky's thrown seven interceptions, and then they go to Pickett, and they let the growing pains begin. San Francisco 49ers. Is Trey Lance the new starting quarterback? Uh, yes, because I don't think Jimmy's going to be ready. I agree. Seattle Seahawks. Who will be the quarterback in 2022? Ooh. I've heard a lot about Geno Smith, which stuns me because they made the trade uh, with Drew Locke coming back. Uh, I'm going to go Drew Locke, though. Uh, something tells me Drew Locke is just – he's going to put it together in the preseason, and that's where he's going to – push ahead because remember cam newton was ahead yeah and then mac jones came in and kind of usurped him so i think this is could be one of those scenarios where that happens i am gonna say what i said in the offseason when, when we did our who will play where i'm still saying baker mayfield plays for the seahawks in 2022 okay Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can Tom Brady remain forever young? It's kind of a weirdly phrased question. Can I amend that? Absolutely, of course. I'm going to amend that because you're right. That is weirdly stated. I'm going to amend that. And and if if by chance Mr. Kellerman does hear this, he might appreciate it. Is this the year of the cliff? And I say, no. I'm going to amend it, too, to will Tom Brady regret not remaining retired? And I also am going to say no, because I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. But, God, man, even for him to even consider retiring, the, the passion has to be waning a little bit. And that's a big part of his game. He's never been the strongest, fastest, biggest. It's always been intelligence, heart, willingness to play. And if that's waning, you have to think there's going to be a bit of a drop-off. But or I still was, don't think he'll regret it. Or it was a simple power play. Possibly. I wouldn't put it past him. No. Can the offense function? Oh, excuse me. Tennessee Titans. Can the offense function without A.J. Brown? The short answer is no, but they have a comparable replacement. However, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. So they need Traylon Burks to have A.J. Brown rookie impact sooner. <laughs> if only they had a guy like A.J. Brown, huh? Right. Like, he's pretty much like a carbon copy, maybe a little bit bigger, but he needs to have that rookie impact that A.J. Brown had, but he needs to have it sooner. The caveat is they're in, without breaking it all down, probably one of the weakest divisions in the league. I think Ryan Tannehill, the first year he came in, it was a starter by surprise for the Titans. He obviously, like I said, caught a lot of people by surprise. Once teams had time to plan for him, 
uh, it was the Derrick Henry show, and Tannehill has proven time and time again he's not elite. Um, I think the addition of Robert Woods helps Tannehill a lot, but again, that's assuming Tannehill can get him the ball. I mean, and Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury, and they have an unproven rookie, and they have a coming off of injury uh, Derrick Henry, who's a beast, but who knows how much it's going to affect him. There's a lot, a lot of questions here. Um, they can function without A.J. Brown, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. Washington Commanders. Has Carson Wentz finally found his home? No. Oh, that's it. Okay. Um, that's all I got, man. I... <laughs> No, he, he has found his home. It's a lovely three-bedroom in Metro D.C. He'll love retiring there mm-hmm. after the season when nobody else will take him out of their damn team because they see what a schmuck he is. That's all I got. That's a valid point. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, and that is the number 32. That is the last team. That is all 32. Once again, got this up, yardbarker.com. List of one unanswered question for every NFL team heading into 2022. Uh, this is pretty fun. I think it's a good, you know, stuff like this is a good uh, filler when there's not a whole lot of other news going around. So I'll look for something else for next week. And just in case there's not enough news to plug in and do a show with on its own. Uh, but I'm, I'm good. You got anything else? I'm all set. All right. That is going to do it for episode 179. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related at all. We'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at PCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Website, PCTSPod.com. Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you haven't done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, subscribe, and ask a friend or two to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Sunday. Thank you.